This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. This week we have an abundance of game announcements and releases, as well as my thoughts on the Summer Game Fest kickoff show. I will give my thoughts on the premiere of Final Fantasy VII Remake Expansion, Intermission, and my final stage review of Guilty Gear Strive. All this and more as ACMG presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select Start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Yeah. Alright. So you want to know my story, huh? Okay. They all up on a high horse like equestrians A lifetime ago we used to be the best of friends But things changed, now I'm feeling stressed again I got my sword leveled up, now let the quest begin They all up on a high horse like equestrians A lifetime ago we used to be the best of friends But things changed, now I'm feeling stressed again I got my sword leveled up, now let the quest begin I was born in the sewage of the slums In wartime, sought peace, but no one ever knew if it would come We were war buddies, working on the same team with the same goal, but with slightly different means When he hit the scene, he commanded respect He needed something done, and every hand hit the deck Took the first shot, and nobody fired back He took no crap, I admit I admired that Hello again everybody, and welcome back to another game-filled episode of Select Start I am your host, Xavier Josiah uh, Before we get started, I just want to give a big thanks to Repop again uh, You know, those guys over there, just absolutely awesome I won't get into details, but I'll talk more about that in our Prime show on Sunday. But it's just an amazing group of people over there uh, that I had a chance to work with. I've never worked with a more dedicated group of people in my life. I've worked corporate. I've worked retail. (laughs) And this is pretty much the best that I've ever got a chance to work with. So, um, you know, shout out to them. Thank, uh, Thank them all for inviting me to be a part of their June Metaverse week once again. And um, I, I had I enjoyed myself. Go out of your way to check out the panels that I hosted. I moderated with the cast of Bleach as we talk about season 17 coming up and more. Uh, with the cast of uh, that time, I got reincarnated as a slime. That was an awesome panel as well, as well as the Sailor Moon panel Q and A panel that I hosted, talking with them about Sailor Moon Eternal and much more. And then we also had the trivia show that got a lot of great feedback from and a lot and those who were doing the live chat and participating in the trivia enjoyed themselves and you know shout out to the winners of those uh, prize packages in uh the season five uh i'm sorry not season five but all five seasons of sailor moon i should say um just absolutely awesome and and just thank you for the experience and i'm looking forward to working with them again in the very near future including october when they return to a live show at New York Comic Con, which I will be there for the very first time, and I'm looking very much forward to that. So, speaking of winners, I am 
proud and happy to announce the guilty giveaway winner. If you guys remember, I have actually been uh, doing a contest for the premiere of Guilty Gear Strive, and I was doing a sign up for people to come along and, you know, sign up people in the US, I should say, if this was only a US based um, contest, I could never do outside. That's a lot of money and shipping to do. Unfortunately, um, maybe hopefully in the near future, we could probably do something a little bit bigger. But um, this was a, a little small contest I wanted to do give away a copy of Guilty Gear Strive, which uh, came out, which is out actually, I'm sorry, we're recording this on the 11th. It is out today. It came out a little early for people who got the deluxe and the ultimate uh, versions. So we got to play it a little early, which is why we're going to be reviewing that today. So with that said, congratulations to Elijah McKinnon. Uh, he was the first one to answer all the questions, got them pretty much all right. And it was interesting because, you know, I had one question that a lot of people got messed up on because they didn't read it properly. And I, that question was, what was, how many of the core Guilty Gear games was made? And a lot of people put in like the total number of them. In fact, yes, they did about 18 games, but seven of them, technically eight if you count the iOS game that they did, a lot of those were just upgrades. They were just, you know, updated versions of it, you know, of the originals like uh, XXR core or something, you know, that one was, I believe, a upgrade of the original Guilty Gear X and or Guilty Gear XX. And then, you know, there were other ones prior after that. So there was only seven initial core games that came out in, for game consoles. And then they came out, I believe they came out with one for the iOS that was immediately connected to the canon of it all. So they got, a lot of people got that wrong, but uh, Elijah was the one that got it close to the, to the point. So um, he got to win. He has a copy of, he chose a PS5 version and well, well chose because um, I played both the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, and we'll talk about that in our final stage review, but trust me he will not be disappointed indeed and we'll we'll talk about why that is then so congratulations elijah for that so let's talk some uh news regarding or my thoughts regarding the summer game fest kickoff this is jeff Keighley's new event that is going to celebrate games throughout the summer and it looks like every week he said is going to be a new event which is going to provide new game releases and as of today actually they're also going to be releasing some announcements for game releases. Now they had a kickoff show yesterday and here's the thing. Here's my, here's my thoughts and opinion on this. When you do a kickoff a bit, especially this, if this is your first time doing something like this, you got to come big and you got to come hard. So from a game standpoint, I should say, <laughs> and basically here, what you got to do is that you got to give us something so big that is going to entice us to want to, you know, find out what you're going to reveal next. So Jeff Keighley had this kickoff and normally if this is the game awards, they've done a tremendous job with the game awards in terms of, you know, re revealing some really cool news and new stuff coming out. It's like the second big to me is the second biggest event of the year in, ter in, in terms of gaming, which the first one would be E3 you know, followed by, you know, um, other events that comes by so often, but 
E3 is starting to, we don't know what's, what the status is with E3 right now. We don't know what's going on with E3. Um, it seems like people are participating in it. They're not, it, they're treating it all, I almost feel like they're treating it like the Grammys or the, uh, or, or the uh, Emmys to that extent, or the go to Globes. Like lately, those award shows have been getting some slacks, you know, some flack about what they were, uh, about some of the controversial things that they've done. E3, I don't know. People are just like companies, I should say, is not, you know, jumping on the bandwagon of this like they used to. And I don't know why. And, it's, and most of it is because Sony is like off doing their whatever they're doing. So they used to be the marquee. And if the marquee is not there, that means a lot of other, you know, events may not get that much attention. Maybe I, I, I don't I'm not really sure about that, but it's weird. But now Jeff Keighley has his own event. And I feel like there's some inside stuff going on that they know that the in, that the inside in, of the industry knows what's going on in terms of E3 or not, because it's just like there was no debate five, 10 years ago as to whether a lot of these companies would be at E3. Like it was the it was the event to be at. And now all of a sudden everybody wants to make their own, you know, spectacular version. And it's going to my my thoughts on that is that it's going to wear itself thin if if. Sony's going to have their own event, their state of play event or whatever like that. And then Nintendo's going to have their own big event or whatever. Bring it all together at once. That's what we're looking for. So I don't know. But now Jeff Keighley's trying to do something in the mix of doing his own big event. To, it looks like it looks it really is really coming off like he's trying to rival E3. Because the idea of what he's doing is exactly like E3. However, the execution, it is not. Because like I said, this kickoff, to me overall, it didn't impress me. Um, the games that they pretty much mentioned, I wasn't I wasn't excited for. Um, a lot of indie games mostly, but even still, it doesn't matter whether it's indie or AAA or whatever. It still has to entice me enough to want to do it. So I didn't feel I, I didn't feel like it was it was off to a good start to me. Um, the one thing I really took from it, the only one game that I was excited about, Metal Slug Tactics, which SNK is doing a real-time strategy version of the side-scrolling action uh, game series, and I thought I think that's a great idea. It's a great use of Metal Slug there. So I mean, and it's going to be on Steam right now, which I think it may be just a testing. Uh, you know, phase for them to put it on Steam because that's what a lot of games, um, you know, indie games and a lot of games, uh, game companies do. They put it on Steam first, see how good it comes off, see if it works, if it works really well, if they, you know, sell a lot, they'll move it on to other platforms. I definitely see this coming to the Switch down the line. So I am looking forward to playing this. I, I actually, I'm enticed enough and I am really intrigued and enticed enough to want to actually buy it on steam and i think this may be my actual first steam game that i buy because <laughs> i played the kentucky fried chicken sim uh game which was fun but that was free um i played retromania wrestling which was courtesy of uh mike herman so i got a chance to check that out there to do a review um never really actually invested in a steam game before and i tried not to use my tower my new build to you know, to play games because this is strictly for media purposes. I have a RetroPie. I have other consoles and everything. I just use it for that. Um, I, and plus, I don't want to be stuck in my desk. 
<laughs> I'm in my office in this studio all the time and far be it for me to want a game in here as well as much. Now, granted, I have my RetroPie consoles in here, but after that, it's just like I, I really I, I want to actually relax in my other, you know, in my living room and, you know, watching what I do, whatever there. If I'm doing it to, you know, for for, you know, homework status, a.k.a. doing notes and everything for the show. That's one thing. But I, 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 recreational wise, I'd rather it be outside out of this out of this area, this regional area in my place. So, you know, I that was the only thing that I really thought that I was like, OK, this is awesome. You know, and then all the other games started coming afterwards. There were a bunch of just like, you know, online games and um, like uh, just first person shooter games. Just it didn't really attract everybody. And I could tell because I was looking at the chat. It, the, the vibe in the chat just was lukewarm. And then a lot of it was uh, some, you know, people chiming in just saying, you know, every time a new game was announced, skip, 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 skip. It wasn't everybody, but it was noticeable that <laughs> you saw. And I was making sure I was making sure to see if it like, is it the same person that's trolling or saying skip, skip, skip? No, there was actually quite a few people that were saying skip. And, and, and um, when it came to certain game uh, announcements or whatever, um, they also had Hideo Kojima on air to interview him and to talk. Uh, Jeff Kelly's really good friends with him. Jeff Kelly's actually a fan of him and I don't blame him. But, you know, he interviewed him to uh, talk about what is going on in Japan and the production and everything, how he's faring and everything. As you guys know, Japan is going through some heavy deals in when it involves um, COVID and everything. And they're far from ah, they are a long way from over. And I, hopefully they will be smart enough to vaccinate themselves. It's like I think it's only eight percent now. Of people that's been vaccinated so they're now quarantined they had to shut down um as i mentioned before for wrestling fans it sucks because new japan pro wrestling is now had to downsize and shut down as well they're they no longer having crowds again and it's, it's really sad it's really really sad because you know a lot of us here in america especially um otakus and you know anime fans are fans of japan we love the country we love the culture we love the art we want and we love the innovation that they have and we want to see them well so um with that said hideo kojima also announced that death stranding director's cut is coming uh soon and obviously it's going to be coming to the playstation 5 now the problem what i had with this unfortunately was that this was the most the, I, I, honestly this was absolutely the most boring trailer announcement I've ever seen. It had Norman Reedus, you know, as his character in the game. And he's just walking around and we seen all these whatever aliens or whatever come by. And all of a sudden, he just hides in a cardboard box or something like that. It, it, it was just, I, I couldn't understand what I was seeing. It just reminded me of why I was not interested in, you know, ever playing and investing in Death Stranding. Uh, they repeat there was always mixed reviews about this game like people tried to hype it up because they wanted it to be really great but then they got it and it wasn't that great and then they didn't want to be proven wrong about how it was and they would defend it to the end just for the sake of it, it is it's, it's that form of confirmation bias in other words they know it's wrong they 
refuse to admit that it's wrong and they will defend it because they don't want to be told that they're wrong instead of just owning up to it um it was a beautiful looking game but it just it looked boring and the trailer to this looked boring to me and i just like i was not nearly excited about this and it just I, there was like i said in the chat response of this it just didn't feel like people were feeling it there was no hype or excitement for this at all and then there was also some announcements of deals from amazon gaming which i forgot they were doing their own trying to do their own gaming thing and i looked at their list in, in amazon gaming which is a part of my prime account uh for what i for what jeff said and okay i get some free games some pc games or whatever and i'm still not interested because half of those games are online games and and, and stuff like that so i did see maple story in there i can't believe maple story is still being made and that and i don't understand why that game has not that game has been out the maple series uh the maple uh story series has been out since the days of the PSP, since mobile games begun. And it is a awesome 2D side-scrolling RPG. I cannot understand to the life of me as to why that game has rather not, I, I don't know if it's on Steam, but I don't understand why that game is not on the Switch. Then again, I said the same thing about why that game was not on um, the PSP ps vita you know i i it's a really awesome game it looks beautiful like we now we're now seeing games just like that on the psp and indie games For some reason they decide they don't want to do it i don't know why maybe it doesn't you know the structure of the game doesn't go along with the or doesn't coincide with the um rules and stipulations of nintendo or you know playstation or whatever like that because you know for those who don't know you have to meet certain stipulations within each different console in order for them to approve your game like in terms of uh control schemes in terms of um you know whether it's compatible compatibility and stuff like and a whole bunch of other you know things they got to write down the list if you actually been following mike herman with retromania wrestling you understand you well enough understand how that process goes it's not an easy process so you know it, it, you know that's that but you know i looked at the list of amazon gaming and it just wasn't eh they're, they're, they're still young they're still young in the game on that one so that's a passable thing uh we also had special appearances by you know a-list celebrities which i think to that credit that's awesome like jeff jeff has come a long way from his days on g4 you know and and um forgot the website that he used to do where they used to uh, get, do all the game trailers or whatnot, but he's come a long way and to the point that he now can, you know, acquire A-list talent to do his show, which is awesome. However, again, the execution of it, not so much. Like he had Jeff Goldblum. You, you could, normally you can never go wrong with Jeff Goldblum. It, it kind of went flat here because Jeff, was they what they did they did this they did the deal where um jeff Kelly is supposed to be talking to jeff goldblum but it you could tell it wasn't really they weren't really talking he was trying to talk first and then jeff says his line and then jeff, uh Kelly goes off and does his line and goldblum does his thing and the way goldblum reacted is that he just 
first of all, it didn't even sound like he knew who Jeff Keighley was. He came off exactly like he was just told to promote the, the new um, Jurassic Park game that he was just told to say, this is, you know, say Jeff Keighley. And it was, you know what, it, you know what it felt like? It felt like Jeff um, Goldblum doing a cameo for Jeff Keighley. That's exactly what it sounded like. Like it was a more glorified, highly, res you know, high definition cameo. And it that's, ex that's exactly what it sounded like. Cause he didn't sound like he knew, he, he even knew who um, Jeff Keighley was. He was just reading off of the teleprompter of what he needed to say. And he just went off of that. It just, it, it, it felt very fake, you know? And that, that was bad. Like it would have been so much better and I don't know when this was filmed, you know, when he got a chance to film it, but it definitely wasn't recent because he, um, you know, now where COVID is kind of, it's kind of opened up a little bit more and, and mandated not to wear a mask and everybody's pretty much vaccinated. I would have loved to see Jeff Goldblum be there in person because I think it would have been a lot more organic. It would have been a lot, uh, much, much more natural of a react of a uh, communication it just felt it just didn't feel like it was real at all and it, it as a result it didn't work off but they did announce uh they did announce the jurassic park game that's coming and you know normally jeff goldblum no matter what he does or what he says he's he's great and his goldblumisms i guess you could say um really works out. it just didn't work for me this one i i it, i i saw right through it it was just like he doesn't know who Jeff Keighley is. He's just reading off this, you know, reading off the lines that he needs to say just to push the game that he is involved in. And that's it. You also have Ryan Reynolds on air, which I thought was a little better. Ryan Reynolds played a little better because I think Ryan Reynolds is a gamer. Ryan Reynolds know who Jeff Keighley is. So he that came off a little better. He was there to promote his new movie i believe it's called free game which was supposed to come out a long time ago and it looks awesome where uh where ryan reynolds is playing a non-playable character who somehow breaks out of his character and is able to do things in the game that he wasn't supposed to do and it changed i love the concept of this uh movie i can't wait till it comes out i'm looking forward to seeing it Lil rel is in there a whole bunch of other people is going to be in this game and um I like it. It's it's totally original. I'm looking forward to seeing how this is going to go. So, but overall, they had some live performances. Uh, Japanese Breakfast did a song for a game there, and which was good. And uh, I believe Weezer was uh, doing a song too as well. But overall, there was a, all the announce the game announcements so far was very lukewarm. So, I mean, honestly, if I was to grade this show, it would definitely be a C, because I think in order for you to do something for a first time you need to give it a big impact you need to give people reason to want to come to see more of this so even if they just reveal something really huge even if it was just one thing i would have revealed something amazingly huge like maybe a spider-man uh miles morales um you know expansion coming you know or per se um you know some more final fantasy stuff coming if they were able to do it if e3 is not getting that grab or if uh sony is not already doing that for their state of play whatever i would have if, if the thing is they're going to be doing announcements today and then all coming for the next few weeks i believe so if they save the best going down the line 
I think that's a it was a bad strategy. I think they should at least whatever big huge announcement that they got coming should have started right at this one and then grabbed everybody in for this time. Like, okay, he got this announcement. Let's see what he, he does next. Let's see what they come up with next. Even if the rest of them are like flat or lukewarm, you still brought them in to get you know more views. I don't know how this is going to fare the next coming weeks because this it, it just a lot of you know there were people in the chat that were not happy with this uh deal at all so in fact uh let me see here summer fest summer fest summer fest summer fest let me see if I can uh, why is it always hard to find stuff that you Going on YouTube, by the way, for those who don't know. Um, Summerfest, here we go. And, it, and it, it got a ton of views in this thing, too. It, it, it's just, it's really, you know, it got more, it got people, a lot more people liked it than it didn't. But it, it to me, I'm, I'm going to be one of those people who, you know, felt like there could have been much more to this. Uh, we'll see how it looks um, to this day. Um, I it just overall just couldn't get down with it. It, it just... <laughs> it was about four hours and uh i didn't see any really big things going on and after a while i had to you know jet out so every announcement that they had to me was just in more indie game less and it just didn't really excite me at all and i usually love these announcements yeah so i mean I, 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 the thing is, I'm glad that they are doing this. I hope that they continue to do this. And I'm pretty sure he's going to continue to do this, but I hope it gets bigger from this point. And I hope that the announcements gets better as time goes on here. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, if you noticed at the beginning of this show, when I do my, um, the, the sound bites of the celebrities that I have, the great voices and actors that I get on the show, you heard Kyle Abram, the voice of Gohan. One of my favorite liners that I absolutely one of my favorite liners that I've actually acquired for this uh, for my show. Um, the reason why I set that up is because Dragon Ball Kakarot DLC three is out now. Uh, it is based on the Trunks saga called the Warrior of Hope, and Kyle Abert reprises his role as Gohan on air. Also uh, coming later this summer is the Dragon Ball Card Warrior Card Blast. Got a chance to play it a little bit before. I uh, got on the show, um, completely got my uh, ass handed to me for the time being, because you know Trunks and Go Trunks and Gohan are like really low level. These are not the same Trunks, the future Trunks and the whatever like that, which you already probably leveled up majorly in the game. Uh, so you got to start from like level twenty and all the stuff. And this is the Android saga. This is the Trunks saga where the androids are like majorly powerful. So you got to go through all that. But I'll be playing it and more than likely we'll um review that next week but it is out today and it looks awesome i i wish i hope i really really pray that bandai namco kind of gives this the playstation 5 upgrade because i wouldn't mind playing this with really without loading um and then loading's not that bad the loading is not that bad but i would love to see a ps5 version where the graphics and the frame rate is a little bit up more and it's the frame rate is really well done in 60 i believe it's in 60 frames per second 
in here, but I would absolutely it, the, uh, have a performance mode where it just looks awesome. It plays really quick. It's fast. It's even more faster paced than it is now. And but nonetheless, I enjoyed that. I enjoy this game a lot. And I, yeah, I was talking to somebody on the ACMG Facebook group because they want to see it on a switch. And I'm like, not just out of 10. It, it could very well be on a switch. Um, just depends on how big the game is, which the game is pretty big. And not only that, I would also say that it I had to explain to them because I don't think they understood. And I just mentioned that about, um, you know, the Maple story is that Bandai has to take time out if they haven't planned to do so. And if they even if they did plan to do so, they got to take time out to re to reformat it for the Nintendo Switch and optimize it for the Nintendo Switch. Um, you got to also make a control scheme that is different from that of the Xbox controller and the DualSense controllers, which are kind of similar in a sense, slightly. Um, but when you do a Joy-Con controller, it's a total different schematic and control scheme. So you got to meet the demands of that. You got to make sure that it plays both connected to the actual Switch and connected separately. So they have to work on that. And I think they have, I think the control, the, the, uh, the control scheme of Kakarot is simple enough to probably do, but it also takes time. Not to mention that's a very big open world game. <laughs> it's very big. Uh, there's a lot of stages, a lot of open world stages that you got to do. So it, if they're going to do it, it's going to take them time to do it. But we have, we, ha we have gotten jump force. We got uh, all of the ninja, uh, all four of the uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm series, which is possibly still the best of the bunch. Uh, we also have Xenoverse, which is also kind of an open world experience. It's not as open world as what they did with Kakarot, but still. They also have to work on kind of downgrading the graphics and the frame rate in a sense to match of that of the Switch's handheld, but which is usually about 720p and then boost it up to be able to go 1080p once it hits the once it goes on the tv uh, mode so there's a lot more complexities involved in that in doing that process and i don't think a lot of people understand it a lot of people just say i want to see it go there just put it on there it's really not that simple and this is the part of why i have this show is to make people understand and there are probably more, far more educated people that are involved in the industry that can tell me this, but I'm giving you from my learning experience that it is not as simple as we think. As much as we want some of these, I can say I want Scarlet Nexus on the Switch. That ain't happening. Because I play Scarlet Nexus, that game, unless they have, if, if they do, it's gonna be a very, very long time before they can reformat that experience into the game. That was only playing the demo. <laughs> okay so there's a lot of steps that these developers have to take before they can do certain things it's not just i think a lot of i think the misconception is too is that a lot of you guys believe a lot of gamers i should say not all some people do understand some people do actually learn and and research and study but there are some who just think that it's just one big file that once it's done, the file could be transferred over easily to the Xbox or it could be transferred over to Steam. No, there, there's different coding involved in each version of the game. There's a different coding. There's a, a, a very uh, different, you know, code for the Xbox version 
as it is for the PlayStation version, as it is for the Nintendo Switch version, as it is for the Steam version, as it is for the PC version. There are different codes. There's a there, there's the the main you know uh, part of the code that is you know there, but then there's that one little coding that has to work with the control schemes. There's, it has to work with the resolution of that of that console, whatever, and everything that that console provides. PlayStation is different from Xbox. Xbox is different from Nintendo Switch in terms of, um, you know, uh, you know, UI and, and, and how it's being used. And it's just so much to it. It's not as easy as people think. It's not just a file being sent up. It, you know, this is the part where, you know, people, you got to research, you got to do your homework. You got to understand why, you know, what the hard work that these people put in. Um, sometimes your opinions are, you know, hold and they're warranted, but other times is is a lot of it times is actually is not based off of, you know, logic and research of it. So, you know, just sometimes think about it, think about what you say before you say it sometime and just understand what it takes for, you know, these people to do even not just in the gaming industry, actors comic book artists you know there's always a process even podcasting there always is a process of getting this stuff out it just looks easy it looks professional because a lot of work has been put into it so but i digress go out of your way check out dragon ball kakarot's uh warrior of hope it looks awesome is so far so good and i'll be reviewing that next week also out that uh, arrived yesterday and I barely had a time to play this uh, is Ninja Gaiden Master Collection. All three Ninja Gaiden games, uh, one, two, and three, which I've never got a chance to play. I played it. I played a little bit of it yesterday. And, um, you know, I've heard mixed reviews about, I've read mixed reviews on it. I never got a chance to play three. And I know it's not created by the original creator of Ninja Gaiden, uh, which is actually to me is a good thing because I, I i just was not a fan of him in terms of his personality and to me he came off like he really what is it tomo um tomon nobu Ata, uh itagake um yeah he came off like I, <sighs> all right I'll, the most pc thing i'm gonna say is a jerk he came off like a, a, a self-entitled, you know, egotistical jerk. And that's just the way I see it. And he always often, he's one of those, he, he, try, he tried to be like, he was very Kanye-ish to me in the sense that like, he was an artiste and whatever he put in, he thought was like valid. So when he made, dead or alive he made it extremely hard it wasn't about you know he wasn't thinking of the fans he was thinking about himself and you know what he wanted to get out of it i you know i think you should just make it always make a game that invites everybody he didn't want to invite everybody he was kind of an elitist in a sense and it, and it played through in his games um as much as i love ninja gaiden he would make those games so freaking hard like why even make why even make a story out of a game like this if you don't want people to see experience the story you just want people to play the game and get through the game like dude get over yourself on that note because there are other games that people like i 
I if you make this so hard, I can't play it. I'm going to play God of War, which I can play it hard. I can play it to be challenging if I want, but I can enjoy the story if I want to. Well, I think his way of his gameplay philosophy his or game developing philosophy kind of led to a lot of games today saying like, OK, if you just want to enjoy the story here, here's an option now that you can just enjoy the story. If you want to challenge yourself, go out of your way and challenge yourself. But don't, you know, give us options. And he did not ever give us options. And then I, it was always said that he was hard to work with because he was just too much of a diva, if you will, and, and too much of a prima donna. So when he left, you know, uh, Tecmo, they took over the franchise. Uh, three came out. Three came with uh, some mixed reviews because there are fans of Itagaki um, out there and they do like that hardcore you know there's always there's always going to be a, a a core base of people who will be for somebody in their ways and then there's not and i i think that tecmo and team ninja were not a part of, we're, we're really not into this or level of five I, I would say um really not into the way that he was doing things so they decided to lighten it up and i heard that the first version of it was rather too easy and there was some control issues and then they retweaked it again uh to give it a little bit more challenging uh challenge for people as well and um so far i've played the first stage of it i it's from a control standpoint i dug it and i'm gonna i'm probably pretty much gonna be that's gonna be my also my other review next week as well um but so far so good I guess and I'm only playing it now as opposed to people who played it back then so I don't know how it really was back then but so far so good on the first stage I'm gonna give a full review next week on that but it is out today if you are fans of all of them and I am you know despite what I just said about Aiden Gaki I am a fan of Ninja Gaiden I love it back in the day even though it was still really hard as hell and I still can't beat that game to this day uh, and I know people out there who has beaten it more power to them and I love the anime when that was out too. I love everything that, uh, and as a matter of fact, I just got Warriors Orochi strictly to play as uh, Ryu Hayabusa on a Switch. So yeah, uh, it, it is out. I did invest in it. Um, and you can re you can enjoy everything all over again on a Switch, on PlayStation, on uh, on any, any system now. So go out of your way and check it out. And let me see, there's just also the games that, let me see, so I already, Ninja Gaiden is out. We got that. We got Final Fantasy Remake Integrate, which is already out. And I'll be talking about that in just a moment. <laughs> um, and then we also got Scarlet Nexus, June 25th. We still got Hyrule Warriors um, expansion, Pulse of the Ancients on the 30th. So we still got more games to check out coming in the near few days. Oh, uh, Warriors Orochi. I'm sorry. Samurai Warriors is coming out, I believe. And next week or the week after because it's already out on japan's um eShop right now at nintendo eShop. so that's going to be coming out too so i'm definitely getting that that looks awesome for anything else that is going to be based on nobu um oda nobunaga and then also i did not realize this but yasuke is in the game they act can i say it why i love japan right now i uh, say what you will like japan in the 80s and the 70s and the 90s the way they did, the way that they the, depicted black people was not in a, in a in a good light. They depicted black people 
very stereotypical almost it, it, it wasn't almost it was racist in a way but what i do i will i will let go of the idea because of my uh conversation with uh a guest that i had a while back named tokyo rose who is japanese who was who understands what was going on during that time and explained it and it makes all sense I'm not excusing it, but I understand what was going on there. You know, back in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s, there's no such thing called the internet. So they only go by bits and pieces, which is which is funny. We got social media, we got the internet, and we still have this problem where people are not getting all of the information. And they would depict us the same way that America would depict us. And they thought that it was okay. And I think as time went by, they realized that it was not okay to you know give us the you know the stereotypical big lips the really black face and all the stuff on their and their animations and such and it was just very badly depicted i didn't think that they didn't realize that it was an offensive thing you know there's a lot of things that we did in the past that we're now looking back on and saying like this is okay we need to change the way we do things you know and to their credit they have been doing an awesome job representing us in a great light and uh, you know welcoming us in in a sense um you know just from the cultural standpoint the overall cultural standpoint i don't know maybe like a minority of people who may think some way about you know people of color or whatever i i don't know but based on the games that they're coming out with the productions that they're coming out with it looks like that we're being seen at a much better light from final fantasy 7 to guilty gear um strive to you know, Samurai Warriors, which is coming out and they're celebrating Yasuke on air. Yasuke, for those who don't know, is a legit black samurai. And read the history books. And, and Netflix just came out with the anime based on the a the real life person. It's a fictional anime based on a real life, you know, person. Oh, you know, person who once was by Nobunaga's side. He was his right hand man. He was from he was from Africa or Nigeria, I believe. And he was pretty much adopted by Nobunaga Oda to be his right hand man, became a samurai. He's in the game. I can't tell you how awesome that is. So I love the idea that they're doing this and I'm looking forward to playing and reviewing that game when it comes out. Uh, so I, I'm very much looking forward to that. So um, let's go to what I'm now officially calling my mid boss review. And I'm calling it that because every time I have two reviews on a show, it's just like I do one before the final stage and then, you know, or should I call it mid-level review? Nah, mid-boss is better. Um, but, you know, I have to, a lot of times uh, lately I've had two reviews that I'm doing and I just review one in this segment and then I review another one in the other segment, seg uh, in the final stage segment. So. I'm doing now what is called a mid-boss review. So for this mid-boss review, for the first official inaugural mid-boss review, we're gonna talk Final Fantasy VII Remake, inter uh, Integrate. I didn't think I was gonna have a chance to uh, actually talk about this until next week, but actually beat the game yesterday when I when it came out. Had enough time, you know, a few hours to play it and I couldn't stop playing it. I, you know, was so immersed in it and I, really got into it so here's my thoughts first of all before i even get my thoughts on the expansion i gotta get my thoughts on the ps5 version 
of the uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which you could clearly see a difference. They're, you know, they now have the option to do graphics mode or performance mode. If you go into performance mode, you see a much better frame rate. Um, you see some ray tracing going around. Like, it looks stunning. And it was already fantastic on a PS4 and a, P uh, and a PS4 Pro. But my goodness. Boy, did this game looks awesome in this way. And I'm I I said a while back that I was not going to replay this game until it came out on the PS5. I'm officially replaying this game again from from the start. I'm using the chapter selection. And by the way, kudos to Square Enix for allowing us to be able to use our data from PS4 and upgrade uploading it on there. I don't understand why other games don't allow you to do this. I hate the fact that I have to play Yakuza like a dragon again from this from scratch, which is why I have not played the PS5 version of it yet. Even though it was a free update, I'm like, can you just give us the, the you know, the process? I got to play this game all over again. I've gotten so far in the game that I I got to I got to take time before I really want to reinvest in playing that game all over again. So, um I got a chance to, you know, check it out. I really love it. It looks beautiful. And not only, by the way, speaking of which, uh, for those who don't know or remember, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the movie, is back out. And on digital, uh, $9.99 on, I believe, um, Apple TV on our platform. So, and it's all 4K. So if you have a 4K TV, it is 4K ready. It looks beautiful. I will be rewatching that again after I beat the game again. And... It's just, I, thank you, because Final Fantasy, you guys remember Final Fantasy VII Remake was my 2020 savior. It was the one thing that brought so much joy to me. Well, one of the things I'm not going to say, but it was like in, in terms of games, because there were a lot of games that were postponed because of the because of the pandemic and everything. But we managed to get that. And I remember it was hard because the people who actually pre-ordered it physically wasn't able to get it last year um, because the pandemic came and they had to stop production on it. So, you know, hence one of the reasons why digital is such a great aspect out of this. And let me tell you, man, I was um, very happy be able to play it. it it really brought joy not only just from the pandemic but from everything that was going on with the hate crimes and everything and and the protests and everything and to have this game that brought representation not only from you know black uh for a lot of black hackers in there you know and not you know headed by barrett but also had a lot more representation in there but also representation of the lbgtq community out there so you know all my LGBTQ people out there got represented as well as my people, you know, in the black community. It was a beautiful thing. And it just created this amalgam of unity within this game to, to, to bring out this really beautiful story based on a all time legendary classic, one of the greatest of all time. So, uh, yeah, it is awesome. And I'm so happy that it's a free upgrade as well. But even if it wasn't, I still would have probably paid for it as well. But kudos to them for for what they did with this and the loading time can i say the loading time is insane um nine seconds it took to load the game and to get and get right back into the game whereas the ps4 version or the ps pro version is like up to at least 50 seconds it took ps5 is only nine seconds to boot it up start the game go right into the game and, and um pick up where you left off nine seconds that is amazing so 
All right, so let me give you the thoughts on Integrate, which is the story of Yuffie and her introduction into the Final Fantasy world, the remake world, I should say. This was a very well told and uh, fleshed out uh, former character development for Yuffie. I mean, we got to see Yuffie in a way that we never thought we would ever see. We get to see her because if you know you played the original game, you don't get to, as much as great as they did with the storytelling of the game. You don't get a chance to really get deep into the lives of each character in a sense like they did with remake and that's why i love about the remake version is that I, they are able to do things that they were they were trying to do with the original version but couldn't because it was limited they had to work with what they were limited to here you got to see yuffie in all her glory and not only you get you still get the same yuffie like character that you are familiar with but this is like a coming of age story for Yuffie. You see her mature within the four hour, four, probably four hour, four hour, four hour or four and a half hour process of the gameplay this in two chapters. And you get to really see how much she has gone through, how much, you know, she she's gone through her trials and tribulations too. And it definitely comes in in this game. And I won't spoil it. This is a non-spoiler version of the, of this review here. Um, but I will say the story here, the story takes place right before Shinra took down the plate above Midgar to crush the city. So it's right before that pivotal moment. Uh, Yuffie, who is a ranked member of the Wutai clan, along with her uh, protector and a right hand man, uh, Sunan, and, and uh, is they're pretty much on a mission to retrieve rare materia from the depths of Shinra headquarters. Uh, this leads to an encounter with uh, the Turk member Scarlet, who Sonun uh, wants revenge after, you know, one of her mechs pretty much killed his sister, who just happens to be, who, who was about the same age as Yuffie. So you see where the dynamic of this from. Um, he is also there based upon the uh, direct commands of her father, who is like the head ninja of the Wutai clan, who is also currently arrested and in jail under Shinra uh, headquarters. So they're out on this mission. So the two set out for this adventure with no guarantees of survival. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a, it's a great story. It's a great form of character development for Yuffie, as I said. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. I So it I got to see, or we got to see Yuffie in such a way that we never got a chance to see it before. We don't see her as this little kid who steals material all the time. Um, this is a mature young girl who had to face a lot of, you know, situations within this time. So it's going to be interesting to see when she finally meets up with the main group here. So uh, let's talk about the gameplay here. I love the battle system that they did for Yuffie. I mean, it's basically the same battle style that they use for all of them. Um, however, it consists of an attack button which you normally used to and then the heavy attack is used to throw her giant shuriken uh at her enemies so that's awesome that's technically her magic attack too she also when you do combos with her she starts doing some ninja like um ninjutsu magic or whatever uh, to it as well so instead of her instead of you uh being able to use sonin who is there to fight alongside with you he's not a standalone character so instead, you could use him to assist you in battle using the R2 button to start synchronized attacks, which is awesome. 
I, it, it when you do the synchronized attacks, it adds more damage to the enemy, and you just got to know when the best time to break in to that character. Sometimes you could use them to stagger the opponent, so it can so it can have a better chance of defeating them. And the more you level up, the more easier it will be to do so. Um, so I like the way that they do that. And you can you can both develop him up. You can uh, get more weapons for them to for those two as well. Uh, the shurikens that they have and in the staff that he has can be upgraded so he's very well deeply involved and you can customize him and you know level him up as well as even though he's not a technically non um non-playable character you can still juice him up to become more powerful at that point um the mini games there are a lot of mini games in here some of them from the original and then some they actually added some more here too you know it's basically to fill the short story aspect of this uh new expansion side mission here so you got now this new game called fort condor which is a really fun user-friendly strategy game that has you protecting your fort against enemy attacks and then you also kind of wanted it's you know whoever can take over whose fort wins and th there's a story to this game basically that this is a new craze going around midgard where all these people are playing this game now it's become a very popular game and i love it i absolutely love it it's a great pastime to do when you're not going in a full mission all of the mini games from the full game are also accessible to play as well now the cool part is is that um once you learn how to play fort condor there are other people that will want to challenge you out within midgard so if you're not going focusing on a full game you will then just go around Mid, uh, midgard facing off against different opponents as well so you also have um you know the training facility the uh you got the other mini games in there as well um you can also acquire you know summons as well from doing the training the simulation trainings it's all pretty much there and you know i'm all for it i really really appreciate it. it's a short it's a short mission but you can prolong it doing all these other things as well um, you can also go on the bars, play darts. You can play all these other games that Cloud and the rest of the gang were able to do too. So, it it's it's about four hours when uh, worth of story in here, but you could probably do it longer by not even having to. So, there's also, and I won't spoil this for people. There's also a lengthy, kind of a lengthy. It I mean you could go on YouTube probably. It's already out, but there's a lengthy in credit scene involving the main cast cloud bear tifa and all them which i believe takes place after their fight with zephyroth in there and there are also other people involved in this that i won't spoil for you anyway that's going to be an open-ended thing that's leading into whether another expansion story or the next chapter coming soon which i hope will be announced at e3 next week or this summer fest that is one of the things i'm hoping for because now we got this one out of the way i want to know what's next for this game because i have fully enjoyed this i now i'm going to enjoy it once again now that it's on a ps5 mode so again if i just strictly for the the actual uh expansion the yuffie story i love the story i love the gameplay i love the little mini games everything was about it is just as much as it's fun at, you know as i had with the original game itself with the full game so now we got more to play my grade for this is an A, a solid A. No, I, I, you know, I would have probably A plus if it was longer, if it was at least like maybe another chapter or two. But 
it was short, sweet, got to the point, really got it, it, it made it, it, uh, completed his mission and making us get to know Sophie. I mean, say not Sophie, uh, get to know Yuffie a lot more than we ever did before. And I'm so much more of a fan of her now more than ever. So definitely this, uh, this, uh, expansion gets a great A for me. So folks that will do it for this segment. I'm going to take a break, come back and our final stage review of Guilty Gear Strive. Arc System Works final and maybe best yet. We'll talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! gentlemen welcome to the final stage of this show and i'm here to review guilty gear strive the final installment of the guilty gear series and i am here to say daisuke ishiwatari arigato gozaimasu this was undoubtedly the best of all the guilty gear sagas out there the guilty gear the main core guilty gear games of them all like if this is to be his last game he went out with a bang. I remember playing this in 98 when it first came out. And, you know, unbeknownst to anybody, and I didn't know anything about the company, uh, they were unknown at the time. And they just came out of nowhere with this game called Guilty Gear for the PlayStation. And at first, when you look at it, it looks like a, a game that you would, you know, see from Sega. And in fact, it was published by Sega back then. So it had all the characteristics of Sega in terms of the the art style, the color palette, the the pixel rate, the frame rate, everything. And it was beautiful, man. It was like, okay, what is Sega up to now? But apparently it was more or less Arc System Works and Ishii Watari involved in this. And Ishii Watari's son made something that was totally unlike anything we've ever seen before. And even to this day, it is still breaking grounds with how a fighting game should be produced. I love this game wholeheartedly. And, and, and here's the thing too. I made gripe about the past Guilty Gear Zard games that came out because of how they did the story mode and how they were, um, how they were just made, you know, you just had, you separated the story mode from the gameplay. And I'm so used to the way NetherRealm would do their gameplays where it's like we get story and then in between that or even capcom to that extent too and 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 bandai namco you would get story and then right there you it will break into a fight and then you go back into story and i still love that i still love that more than anything but i was kind of a little bit disappointed in how they just put the story and then they just separated then you play the arcade mode and it does its own thing 
but I've learned, I've learned later on, especially during this stage of this game, to accept it and embrace it in its own thing. This is their own thing. This is their doing. And with that, I just said, okay, I'm just going to watch a movie. <laughs> called guilty care and enjoy it for what it is at this point and it is still connected within the game and you just play the game from there and that's what i did and because of that i enjoyed this probably more than i did all the other guilty gears are games and it made me actually also want to go back and play the other two even the one that didn't have the english dub in here too damn it um but also, it's funny because uh, I started to realize possibly why they didn't do English dub after I figured out that Soul Bad Guy was played by Troy Baker. And jokingly so, I said, oh, then maybe this is why they all of a sudden didn't want to do English cast anymore because they couldn't afford to with Troy Baker part of it. But God knows how much he paid to do. He was contracted to do this. So, nah, maybe not the case. I was just jokingly so. But we know how big and badass and awesome Troy Baker is. So Team Red managed to bring back the a whole new English cast for this awesome, awesome story here. Um, I mean, they they just went all out. Uh, Daisuke Ishiwatari outdid himself once again and did it in such an awesome way. All these characters in here were great. Every it was was every character in its own way stood out, even non-playable characters to which some of them I think will be playable in due time and we'll talk about this shortly. But if this is in fact his final game for this legendary fighter, they went out with a bang. In my opinion, this is absolutely the best. This was a fighting game that brings the traditional hardcore fans of the series back as well as also welcome first time players as well because they made sure that this story is the you know, it's basically the culmination of the first seven core games, which allows you to understand what was, what's been going on this whole entire time. So it, it, it culminates everything that's uh, Soul Bad Kai, real name, AKA Frederick Balsera, finally faces that man, AKA the gear maker, AKA the devil, according to the media in the story, AKA Asuka R. Kraus as he comes to the G4 summit in the US and the United States, which I didn't realize that they were still in the United States or it was based around the United States. I thought it was just a whole fictional world, you know, when I played through the old games. Um, but, you know, they're in the United States and they're about to have this, you know, this summit to bring diplomacy to all the countries and in the experiment that he created long ago which people don't understand gears is not a actual mechanical thing. It is a genetic cell that grants people different types of abilities. And it has started a whole entire war with it uh, in the next hundred years. Soul bad guy, of course, one of them whose immortality has lasted him to live that long throughout this, throughout that time. So this is a very interesting movie that, um, was made here because and I it is a movie it is a movie say what you will it's a movie or it's an episode here's the thing the cool part about the story mode they this time around instead of you just binging through the whole entire thing they allow you to rather watch it in full which is about like four hours it, you know if you watch justice league the snyder cut you should be used to this or you can watch it episodically 
And once the chapter's over, you can take a break and save to where you were before, which I absolutely appreciate um, that they have you do here. I wish Snyder did the same thing for the Justice League, but they kind of did in chapters, you know, so kudos to that. But I digress. Uh, what it basically does is that it, it it turns itself into a very familiar type of movie that people have seen before, one of which is... Uh, Olympus has fallen. It's one of those movies where the president of the United States, in this case, his name was Colin Vernon, who is a black man. So we got another black president going on in the world of Guilty Gear. Thank you. Thank you again. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate it, Ishii uh, Watauri. Arigato gozaimasu again for making the president black, really embracing and recognizing and showing the power there. I really appreciate that. I, I could be more happy to see that um but uh, once again the presidency is under attack and the white house is under attack and it is up to soul bad guy who uh to get him safely out while also trying to face inu uh Inu. i'm sorry not inu Eno, uh in a new threat by the name of happy chaos who holds a bigger plot in the story much much bigger plot in the story um yeah so i mean like if you've seen movies like this before, we have uh, movies from, uh, like I said, Olympus Has Fallen. I forgot the other one that Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx was playing because they did the exact same thing. And exact. This is an Olympus Has Fallen storyline story here told in the world of Guilty Gear. I thought it was hilarious that they went this route because we've seen this many times before. Now we see this in anime form. Um, the one great noticeable thing about this story mode as well is the amount of representation. Like I said, not only do we see Cullen Vernon, President Vernon, I should say, in here, uh, who's representative and he's the president, but we also have other uh, characters as well in here, both non-fictional, I mean, non-playable and playable, which by the way, the president, uh, President Vernon at this time is non-playable. Uh, I will say that. You also got um, Ram Lethal, which also was a character in previous games we got new characters uh giovanni who's brazilian and my god do they really represent her as brazilian in here let's just i'll just leave it at that but there are other characters as well in here too that are also representatives rather um they are pretty much very strong will women or people of color playing important roles in the story which made me very happy and well invested into this um, halfway through. I mean, just it's just awesome. Not only that, much like the previous Guilty Gear Zard uh, story modes, uh, there are new characters in here that I believe will be a part of this as well. I think President Vernon will absolutely be a playable character after I... Spoiler alert here. He has a cybernetic arm that transforms into a cannon. When I, the minute that I saw that, I'm like, oh, this dude's going to be DLC. He is going to be absolute DLC in the season pass. I They better. They absolutely better do that. Um, we also have another character I am predicting that will be a playable character here, and that is Gold Lewis Dixon, who is a heavyset badass. Uh, like, he's, he's right, let's just say it, he's obese. But don't, don't let that fool you. This dude can whip your ass. <laughs> and so he's like a heavyset badass um, who just happens to be the right hand man of President Vernon. So like if you got a man like dude here, 
and he kind of looks like the dude from Jake and the Fat Man in a, in a case with mutton chops. Um, best believe there's a reason why he's there and why he's handling things. Uh, the one great feature that I liked about the story mode too is the GG World feature, which gives players uh, and new, especially new players, the ability to learn more about the character's timeline and universe of the game and in the series and through you know through the use of their menus which provides a glossary uh correlational chart uh, basically showing the relationships of between characters and over the different time eras and such and a chronological timeline chronology timeline as well like this is the type of attention to detail that i want expect from a fighting game this is what street fighter has been doing since day one you know why i love fighting games and why i love street fighter is because they allowed us to get to know backstories of these characters and that's why i love fighting games a lot because we get to learn more about these characters and their backstories and why they're doing this and everything arc system works takes this to a whole nother level in such a way that it really immerses and they've been doing this is not the first time they're doing this they've been doing this since day one and really getting us immersed into the now with that said guilty gear is always known for being it you know for its heavy amount of continuity so this is nothing new but it can be incredibly overwhelming because you're trying to learn about everybody but it's so much context there's so much content in there that you're trying to learn about these characters and such it's really hard to immerse it however this edition of the series solves that very well with this new system which helps connect the dots easier and the story here also allows you to learn more about this what's been going on this entire time because everything is coming full circle with uh, soul bad guy and him once being a scientist named frederick and him uh you know the gear maker or asuka uh, or sasuke uh, I, I believe um I'm sorry, it is Asuka, um, who actually put the cells in him long ago uh, without consent, I should have. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, in order to try to make sure that his, the woman that he loved uh, would, you know, be able to be cured. And that was the whole premise of it. And it just got out of hand throughout this whole entire time. And other people end up getting the gears and the gears were, have become sort of kind of like the way that people treated mutants in, in the Marvel universe. So anybody with gears or the gear cells was considered like an outsider in a way. So it, it became a whole tire, like kind of an X-Men like type of situation, but it all comes full circle in this entire series here. And they managed to make, make it easier for you to understand the individuals and you do so so like if you're watching the movie version or the story mo mode of the version uh, of the uh game and you're looking at it you could pause the game at any time to look up certain aspects of the person the universe where they're at um the timeline you could do all that you could just stop right mid you know scene and just look at that and then go right back into the scene it's, I love this. I absolutely love this. And I, I actually love it more now than I ever did with the other games. Um, it's just such an appreciation for that. And I didn't appreciate it before with the other Guilty Gear Zara games, but I appreciate it much more now. And it it's because of this that I feel like I'm gonna go back and actually watch those 
other games and the stories of that before. I think my gripe was only because it wasn't it, it had nothing to do with the stories itself. It had a lot to do with the fact that I couldn't I, I was expecting to play the game during the actual scene and instead I'm watching a movie. So it kind of threw me off and I threw a lot of people off. But now my third time in, I'm okay with this. I've accepted it. I've embraced it. And overall, it actually just makes for a great presentation. Um, let's talk about the gameplay. If you played any GG games before, you know what to expect. Fast pace, very fast pace, high impact, intense one-on-one -on -one fights. Arc System Works added even more of a dramatic effect to this battle to the battle by creating a breakaway uh, breakable stages which has your opponent shattering a glass wall, an invisible glass wall, and have them fly into another stage. If you actually hit them with an overdrive move that depletes the energy and defeats them, they it just sends them flying into the sky, possibly into space at that point. So it, it's a really cool feature. It's uh, another great feature here that I really appreciated here. Uh, just like an added bell and whistle, to the i guess to the effect i don't know if the playstation 4 version does this um which i do have if you brought the digital version you automatically get the playstation 4 version for some reason okay <laughs> but you uh you you automatically get that version and i haven't checked that far to see whether the, that option is there but in the playstation 5 version that i play when you hit the move set menu to look at the move sets and everything they have a now a video screen showing what the move looks like when you execute it properly so i thought that was really just a really nice little add a, a, a little attention to detail and really um, added on to it um the character interactions are always fun of course as well the correlations if you will uh the big bad final boss of this game is possibly my favorite character of this entire game Naga, I'm sorry, Nagori Yuki, who is a vampire samurai from Nigeria, who is one of the one of the strongest characters here. He's a samurai, so he kind of goes by the way of Bushido in some cases, but he's a, he's a vampire, too. So he doesn't try to be the blood sucking vampire has to, you know, he has an honor code as well. Uh, his sword actually absorbs blood which is interesting. This character is so badass. He's a black character. He's the main He's one of the main bosses of the arcade mode. And he is a major threat. He is also one of the most awesome looking design characters in the game. He wears locks. And as a person who used to wear, who used to rock locks myself, he just looks awesome. And again, we talked about this in terms of um, showing rep proper representation in video games now and in anime. I love the way he looks. He looks absolutely stunning. He doesn't have the traditional big lips or whatever like that. And, you know, tradition. He looks absolutely a pro. He looks very represent. Like it looks so fantastic. He has the hairline going down like they, they paid attention to detail here and they made him look like not a stereotype. He, he looks like an awesome, awesome character. He's so awesome that in the arcade mode, you got to fight him like two on one every single time. You start off in a character. You start off with the character, you know, in the first stage of the arcade mode. And then when you get to him, when you get to fight him, 
that character from the first stage of whoever it is that you're playing will join you to face him. And depending on the handicap of you guys, sometimes it's easy to beat him and sometimes it's not as challenging. So either way, it makes for a very fun fight. And it reminds me of the arcade mode reminds me of two different games. One, it is um, Samurai Showdown 3 and Mox's Revenge, because if you remember, if any of you play that game, you also remember that you started off with the character. It, I don't think you, it, if I remember Mox's Revenge, you, you don't fight the character first and then meet with them at the end, but you meet off with the character that you're going to rival near the end of the game uh, before you fight a Moxa. And he's like, you just, you, you're talking to your mid-level boss, but here in the arcade mode of Guilty Gear Strive, you're facing that character. And then you're going to be teaming up with that character at the end of the, um, of the arcade mode. And I'll have all the interactions and all that stuff there. So there's that situation. And then there's all, it also reminds me of like Street Fighter 4 or Alpha or whatever like that. So it has that element as well. So even the... Even the arcade mode has its own little side story that really kind of leaves it open-ended. I don't know to what end because you fight uh, Nagori Yuki at the end, but you never really beat him. <laughs> you never really like beat him. It's like you beat him. He's like, all right, practice is over for the day. I'm out. And a lot of them leaving out saying like having conversations with the, with the rival of the first day saying like, man, we barely got out of this alive. So I don't know if there's going to be a continuation of this arcade mode or this is just a preload, a prelude to the story or whatnot. I don't know why they did it the way they did it, but it's it's pretty awesome. Nagori Yuki, without a doubt, is my favorite character. He is my main of this game. Um, his combos, which allows you to get even closer to your opponent, to your opponent, I should say, um, and it, which adds into putting in more damage absolutely fantastic overdrives um in this game too provides uh some of the best some of the most epic uh finishers ever as always is what you expect from arc, arc system works no matter if it's this no matter if it's blaze blue no matter if it's dragon ball fighters um it they they are really great at doing and making that happen um i also played uh the playstation I, wait before i even do that i want to say the only what negative did i have for this game only one and it's not a deal breaker but for some reason when the game connects to the server at the very beginning it takes forever to do i don't know why i don't know why like i wish there was a way that you could turn that off like if, if i wanted to play offline allow me to play offline they've done this before with other games like dragon ball fighters you know if you want to play online you can play online if you don't you do, but even still on Dragon Ball Fighters, I felt like I feel like it's a lot faster than it is to do this. And this is on the PlayStation 5 version, too. But once you find once it finally connects to the server and does whatever it does, and hopefully the upgrades later on, which it did update just this morning, by the way. I don't know what the update is, but it did update this morning. I don't know what the update is for. Hopefully it's for that. Um oh wait, patch notes. I'm on their website right now, by the way, too, as we're talking. So let me see if that comes up. Uh, PlayStation 5 version patch notes. All online matches we release. Three, which fixes some issues and get to get a strive version two. Online matches fix errors, player matches, battle systems. 
We are also currently working on fixes for the errors, which I think that is, I think that's the issue. I think, okay, it could be that they're fixing that because I feel like it, it's taking way longer to load than it's supposed to. Uh, network features are completely inaccessible under certain play environments. Uh, any player players uh, experiencing this issue, please contact customer service. Okay, so I haven't had that issue. Internet provider or connector service in use. Yeah, I don't know to that extent. Something story mode, the characters will not be displayed properly or the game will crash. I haven't had that problem at all. So they might have already fixed that by the time I had. So, uh, yeah, I haven't had any of those problems per se. That is not to say that those problems aren't occurring for other people because it usually depends on the other person. So I can say that I have not had those troubles. I had can, I would completely went through story mode the entire time. I played through part uh, arcade mode uh, multiple times with multiple characters and had no trouble whatsoever. So my experience, oh, it, with the exception of the server connection, has been part. But um, also, like aside from um, Nagoriaki, uh, Nagoriyuki, I should say, uh, Soul is always great. Key is great. I've played with him. Uh, I played Mila as well. Shout out to um, Tara Platt. <laughs> a former guest of this show um she's in there as well always love her voice talents by the way i love it i love it i absolutely love it when people complain about the english dubs of anime but they love the english voice of the english dubs of of like video games when it's always the same person Giovanni also is a great um, playable character here as well. I love the dog. The, the her uh, dog in here is, is so cute. As a as a dog owner myself, I think it's really beautiful and I, just it's an awesome, awesome character uh, that she plays in here. Um, Ray, who's the wolf spirit, just fantastic. I love these two. So I also love there's a part in there when the arcade mode when um, you're playing as her. And she's trying to, you know, have her do her heroic speech or her badass speech or whatever like that. And Ray is just, you know, falling belly up like, like he's looking for a belly rope or whatever like that. And she's kind of embarrassed because he's just he's doing his thing. And uh, I thought that was cute as a dog owner. And my dog Garf does the same exact thing. He always he always hams for a belly rope. So <laughs> I really adored that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I. You know that's my only thing and hopefully they'll fix that you know and maybe hopefully that's fixed with the new update that just came out this morning i also um did play the playstation 4 version for a short stint and which is still great in terms of you know um the quality the presentation and whatnot it does load a lot longer you know when on arcade mode uh about maybe like 30 to 50 30 to 45 or uh, 50 seconds longer to load in there is it's very noticeable um the it is slightly downgraded in terms of low uh you know from the resolution as well looks a tad bit dull when you compare it to the the playstation 5 version which is in 4k and the everything's a little bit brighter you know to that extent um and less muddy less vibrant on here as well but it's you know, you could tell, you could definitely tell the difference. The frame rate is definitely different and such like that, but still awesome to play if you have it on a PlayStation 4. Take nothing away from that. You could just absolutely, like you can with Final Fantasy uh, 7 Remake on a PS5, there's obviously gonna be some differences in there. Uh, some 
loading differences and some graphical cosmetic differences as well but both games are absolutely fantastic no matter where you playing it from you're gonna have a hell of a great time so overall this fighting game warrants the money they ask for by fans guilty gear strive checks off the list of everything i've talked about for weeks when it comes to modern fighting games and what it should be required and what fans should expect they checked off everything in the list some of the best character design in any or in all of fighting games followed by a great presentation uh that brings you deeply into the world of guilty gear added some fantastic music scores that celebrates classic rock and hard metal rock like metallica style rock in here i i can't stress that enough um just that's the one thing that has been always great about guilty gear is that it's not only is a, a great fighting game but it, it is a tribute to hard rock and, and metal rock because you know uh daisuke is a hardcore metal fan and it shows in this game but you can hear the metallica like style music in here all, all up in here and it is it's just great and also a lot of the names that he created for the characters are based off of legendary rock names and i like the fact that one of um soul bad guys likes is queen it like he, he loves listening to queen music in particular i forgot what um particular song or album that he likes listening to but queen is his favorite and come on queen is one of the greatest of all time there's no argument there when it comes to rock uh so it, it, this game is just it's just beautifully done with this being the final installment i will definitely put guilty gear strive not only as a fighting game of the year candidate but also one of the greatest fighting game series of all time i am looking forward to seeing what they what additions that they will be adding to this game and just experience whatever and see what they do next um arc system works has not has still yet to bring blaze blue into the 3d format and do the same thing for blaze blue i think it is definitely time for blaze blue to hit the 3d level i mean they've already blaze blue for god's sake even has their own anime and for them to have their own anime but not have it in this format i'm really surprised so i am hoping that that's the next route that they go with and start a whole new series of blaze blue games in this format as well because it's about time we start seeing um you know um the, you know i forgot his name ashton blood edge i believe it's time for you know just first to see him and, and that crew in this format now too and, and really flesh out that story aspect so as far as grades is a concern i don't think you're gonna get this is gonna be the fighting game to be unless mortal kombat and netherrealm come out with another injustice or come out with another mortal kombat or even another story mode for mortal kombat i don't see any other game because unfortunately we're not getting king of fighters and even if so unless king of fighters was going to provide a presentation like this i don't think i really really don't think um they had a chance at all i really don't think they had a chance of beating this game this is the game to be if any other fighting games are coming out this is the game that you're gonna have to you know this is gonna be the title holder until the game of the year um you know awards come out so kudos to them on this absolutely loved it and congratulations once again to our guilty giveaway winner elijah mckinnon because he's gonna enjoy this in every single way so yo this is this is just awesome you know great way to start this uh really epic week of fandom going on here so 
Ladies and gentlemen, folks, that will do it for this edition of Select Start. Thank you guys so very much for checking us out. Again, like I said, next week on uh, Select Start, we're going to be talking uh, my review of uh, Ninja Gaiden 3. Um, we're also going to talk about Dragon Ball uh, Kakarot, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot's um, Warriors of Hope saga. See where that goes uh, and see how much I like that. See if it's how lengthy it is or not. Because uh, that's always a situation when it comes to that series so far. But we'll be talking about that and much, much more. Plus other games that will be coming out down the line, such as Scarlet Nexus. And um, what was the other one I mentioned again? Um, oh my god it's just so much uh samurai warriors we're going to be doing too and then of course hyrule warriors expansion as well all down the line coming soon we'll be reviewing all that as well and plus all the e3 news that is coming it's, it's just overwhelming and now we got the summer game fest which hopefully that will pick up better than it did before so this sunday on our prime show i'll be re uh reviewing the first episode of loki give my thoughts on that and there's going to be a lot to talk about that as well uh announcements uh in trailers that uh, we're going to discuss as well as a more in-depth talk about my experience with the june metaverse week so guys thank you again for all your support thank our new listeners all the new listeners that are coming in from the uh metaverse welcome i hope you enjoy this and i hope you enjoy it more and if you do enjoy this you can always check out this show on talktimelive.com you can find every episode on our of our podcast on there. You can find all of our video episodes on there as well. So much great content that I've added on uh, as of late. We this brand new website that we have is still fresh and new. Um, so you could go in there and go to talktimelive.com. You can see the page for ACMG. You can see all of the guests that we have in there. We got a page dedicated to all of the guests that has been on just talk time live this this podcast alone it's a lot of them we got actors game developers artists recording artists and other great guests that were, has been uh that has graced this show as well we also have you know all of the guests has been a part of the metaverse as well as of recent so from naruto to my hero academia pokemon bleach that time i got reincarnated as a slime and sailor moon of course and let's see who else we're going to be entering in from here as well um, we also have on the website, you could check out the video exclusives, you know, that I have as well. You could check out all the video interviews that I have. The recent one being with Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Sailor Jupiter. We get down and talk about Sailor Moon, Kid Cosmic from Netflix, Baruto, all of that. We talk about all that on air as well. Very lengthy episode that was, and I enjoyed it. Our Talk Time Live exclusive with the cast of Naruto, ship it in, in here as well. Um, my interview with Kevin Conroy, the press interview, I should say. It wasn't just me. That was an exclusive. It was just a press interview that I had at Keystone Comic Con. Again, thanks, Repop, uh, thank Repop for that. Brian Donovan, uh, Greg Casavan, the creator of Hades. My man, Megaran, who, you know, drops the theme music for the Prime show. Um, Chamba, you know, Udon creator. Ariel R. Johnson, Mike Herman. I mean, just a bunch of great video interviews are on here as well. Go out of your way, check it out. But if you also want to subscribe and download, oh, and by the way, let me before I get to that point, the recent Q and A panels from the multiverse are also on my website as well. There's a page, there's on the media page right now 
I still got to add the Sailor Moon trivia and the Bleach uh, one as well on air as well. So um, you can also watch all of that on there and I'll be adding those other two to that. And I also have a blog page on air too, which has two new articles. One, a look back at Bleach's Heat of Soul series for the PSP and the best of Sailor Moon games as well in honor of the panels that I just did. So you could go on air. There's a lot of great content on air and there will be more coming very soon. If you want to subscribe and download to the show and never miss a beat, you can go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, Pandora. Uh, I believe also, what is the other one that we're on now? Ah, man, I forgot. We're in so many. I wear so many. Audible as well is another one that we're on too. But um, you could go to all of those where there's, we're in all the you know popular podcast platforms never miss a beat so again thank you all and i hope you guys have a great weekend i hope you continue to enjoy the metaverse again go to findametaverse.com to check out all of the panels out there not only just mine but all of the panels exclusive merchandise and everything over there again thank you repop thank you everybody for listening that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is Dak xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i M out of here. Take care and I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.